Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is Tobias Rex, and this is the Sharks, Dinosaurs, and Mythical Creatures podcast coming at you right now. I'm glad you guys have gathered around to listen to this morning's episode, because it's going to be about an extremely special and majestic creature. This creature has ruled the Earth alongside Godzilla and the other Titans for many, many years now. And there have been plenty of sightings of mysterious light in the sky at night. And those who are lucky enough to see her are blessed with an amazingly beautiful sight. And this creature is a queen. No. She's a goddess. And I am so proud that I get to do an episode on her for you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I present to you... Mothra! Queen of the Monsters! Mothra is one of Toho's most popular monsters, and second only to Godzilla in her total number of film appearances. Polls taken during the early 1990s indicated that Mothra was particularly popular among women, who at the time were the largest demographic among Japan's movie-going audience. And this fact prompted the filming of 1992's Godzilla vs. Mothra, which was the best-attended Toho film since King Kong vs. Godzilla in 1962. Mothra was listed as number 3 on the top 10 Japanese movie monsters list, while it was listed as number 7 on the 15 most badass kaiju monsters of all time. Mothra was first conceived in the January 1961 serial The Luminous Fairies and Mothra by authors Shinichiro Nakamura, Takihiko Fukunaga, and Yoshi Hata, who had been commissioned by Toho to write the outline of a future film. The character was further developed by Shinichi Sekizawa, whose experiences of starving in the South Pacific Islands during World War II prompted him to envision a movie featuring an island where mysterious events occurred. In her 1961 debut, Mothra's adult form consisted of a wire-operated mechanical puppet, while the larva was a suitmation puppet operated by six stuntmen crawling in single file. In Mothra vs. Godzilla three years later, the adult Mothra puppet was modified to have radio-controlled legs, while the larvae were portrayed via a combination of motor-driven props and hand puppets. The larva Mothra featured in Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, had remained largely unchanged from its previous appearance, though the color of its eyes was changed from blue to red. The adult Mothra prop featured in Mothra vs. Godzilla was used again in Ibira, the Horror of the Deep, although previous heavy use had dulled its colors, frayed the fur on its head, and damaged the wings. Uh, during the early era of Godzilla films, which ignored the continuity established in pre-1984 movies, several attempts were made to develop a Mothra standalone feature. And a screenplay was written in 1980 called Mothra vs. Bagan, and this revolved around a shape-shifting dragon called Bagan who sought to destroy humanity for its abuse of the Earth's resources, only to be defeated by Mothra, the god of peace. And the screenplay was revised after the release of Godzilla vs. Biollante, though the project was ultimately scrapped by Toho, and this was under the assumption that Mothra was a character born purely out of Japanese culture, and thus would have been difficult to market overseas, unlike the more internationally recognized Godzilla. With the success of Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, 
Toho sought to continue the series' newfound profitability by reintroducing familiar monsters rather than inventing new ones. Mothra was chosen as Godzilla's next antagonist on account of the character's popularity with women, who constituted the majority of cinema-goers at the time. A screenplay entitled Godzilla vs. Gigamoth was written in 1991, and this would have pitted Mothra up against both Godzilla and an irradiated Mothra doppelganger called Gigamoth, though this was rejected early on and replaced with the final plotline seen in Godzilla vs. Mothra. This depiction of Mothra's adult form was given the ability to fire energy beams that were rendered via optical effects, and the pollen dust that emitted from its wings was given a sparkling effect that wasn't seen in prior films. During the character's transformation from larva to adult, it was initially planned to have Mothra's unfolding wings rendered through CGI, though this was scrapped on account of it not looking sensitive enough. And although the movie was a financial success, the Mothra props were criticized by several authors, who noted that the adult Mothra's brighter colors made it look more like a plush toy, and that its wings flapped less gracefully than in previous incarnations, as they were made of heavy cloth. The Mothra puppet's immobile, chicken-like feet, and the lack of undulation in the larva props movements were also criticized. They were commented on as being inferior to the effects seen in 1960s Mothra movies. And criticism was also given to Mothra's altered origin story, portraying her as an extraterrestrial, thus dampening the character's motivation to protect Earth. For Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, um, or GMK for short, the director had originally planned on using Angiris as one of Godzilla's antagonists, but was pressured to use the more recognizable and profitable Mothra, as the previous film in the franchise, Godzilla vs. Megagyrus, which featured an original and unfamiliar antagonist, was a critical failure. For 2003's Godzilla Tokyo SOS, the special effects director sought to model Mothra directly on her appearance in the original film and to keep the optical effects to a minimum. And as with GMK, the adult Mothra was given mobile legs, though they were made to constantly move as it was felt that the props stopped looking realistic once they became immobile. And the creature designer had initially wanted Mothra's wings to have the angular design seen in Rebirth of Mothra 2, though the prop was ultimately given the wing shape seen in the 60s movies. <clears throat> and here's something pretty interesting, folks. Mothra is usually accompanied by tiny twin female fairies, who would sing whenever they needed to summon Mothra to their aid. The, the original draft called for Mothra to have four fairies, though the number was reduced to two, um, as twins were rare in Japan. GMK Giant Monsters All Out Attack does not feature Mothra's fairies, but they are given a nod in the form of a pair of twin girls wearing white clothes during the scene where Mothra flies over Tokyo. Their people are descendants of humans that evolved through Mothra's influence with both telepathy and an immunity to the assimilative properties of nanometal. In Godzilla King of the Monsters, it's revealed that monarch researcher Dr. Eileen Chen has an identical twin sister named Dr. Ling Chen, who is also in Monarch and is present at Mothra's hatching. The Chens are part of a family which appears to consist almost entirely of pairs of identical twin sisters, two of whom are shown visiting a place called Infant Island, and that's Mothra's traditional home. The film's director and co-screenwriter, Michael Dougherty, confirmed the twins to be an updated version of the fairies, explaining in his words, that it was important to me... 
It was important to me to find ways to modernize the ideas that Mothra has followers, modernize the priestesses. There are still certain realms of believability to keep in take, and you have to ease people into the more fantastical aspects. He noted that the twins are a perfect example of humans and monsters cooperating and forming a quote-unquote quote symbiotic relationship with each other, saying, the twins are... The twins are an example of a very successful, long relationship, so I wanted to make sure that we found some way to incorporate them, even if it was a little bit of an easter egg. Now, I'm going to talk about how Mothra works in the 2019 film. Uh, Mothra's egg was fleshy rather than hard, and it appeared to be coated in vine-like structures that fell away during her birth. And when metamorphosing, her larva form appeared to resemble a gigantic version of a moth larva with a long and slender shape, producing bright and flashing bioluminescent lights that highlighted blue and yellow. Her larva form is much more insectoid in appearance compared to other incarnations, possessing a vaguely armadillo-like segmented back, double-jointed and somewhat caterpillar-like legs, and three arthropod-like mandibles and teeth, as opposed to past incarnations, which only possess two mandibles. Her back segments can shift and vibrate slightly with her emotion when she's aggravated. Her head is somewhat round, and it has beady, surprisingly vertebrate-like blue eyes. She prominently produces a bioluminescent glow from under her skin. This glow is normally bright blue in color, but it changes to red when she's angry. And folks, believe me, like when the king or queen of the monsters or any one of the titans gets agitated, it's a sign that you better keep your distance. Mothra's adult form overall bore a close resemblance to a gigantic moth with a hair-lined body consisting of numerous colors, feathery antennae, and four large wings that sweep or drag behind her body when she's not extending them. Her wings are patterned with black, orange, yellow, and blue colors, and they possess prominent eye patterns. When her wings are bioluminescent, they can glow with a series of brilliant colors. Her wings are also much longer and narrower in proportion to the rest of her body than in most incarnations. Her main body's hair is white and brown, and her head is stockier than in most incarnations. She also retains a facial resemblance to her larva form in the form of her mandibles, while her blue eyes are now larger and slanted, making them appear vaguely more insect-like. She possesses an abdomen shaped like that of a wasp, similar to her incarnation in 2001. And she has three pairs of insectoid legs, a double-jointed front and middle pair that she uses as weapons, and a triple-jointed pair of hind legs. Now, we will discuss Mothra's voice. Mothra's voice is a very high-pitched wail similar to previous incarnations and she is also capable of producing shrill or lower-pitched trilling sounds. And the filmmakers used a variety of different insect noises for her. And as an example, they took the chittering sound of a cricket and slowed it down to make it sound like a song. Now, we will discuss her behavior. Uh, Mothra appears to be a particularly intelligent titan, shown by her various actions such as her defiance of Ghidorah after the latter took away Godzilla's position as Alpha in favor of continued loyalty towards Godzilla, her first actions upon hatching from her cocoon being to seek out Godzilla, 
and her fight against Ghidorah in a weakened state that led to her death and her remains allowing Godzilla to defeat Ghidorah, displaying a seeming capacity for self-sacrifice. And I imagine... And during that scene in the movie where Mothra sacrifices herself to save Godzilla, I like to imagine the dialogue between the two titans being similar to, uh, to that scene in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, where Jetfire gives up his parts to make Optimus Prime get stronger. So Godzilla is lying on the ground in pain, and he looks over and says, Mothra, is that you? And Mothra says, Yeah, yes, I'm here. And all my life I never did a thing worth doing until now. Please, Godzilla, take my energy, take my life force, and you will have a power that you've never known. Fulfill your destiny, old man. Touching, isn't it? And in stark contrast to Ghidorah, Mothra appears to be generally benevolent towards humans due to her association with life, showing mild curiosity to find herself confronted by monarch personnel upon hatching from her egg and cocoon respectively, and leaning her head towards Madison Russell and allowing Madison to touch her. In her earlier encounter with Monarch, Mothra only became warier after their failed attempt to use a containment field on her, and she outright attacked only after one of the humans tried to shoot at her with a stun gun. Even then, Mothra went out of her way not to kill any of the humans present, and this was demonstrated most prominently when she grabbed one of the fleeing guards in her mandibles, and rather than crushing or devouring him, threw him into a giant spider's web, cushioning him and immobilizing him. And in her aggressive state, she still allowed somebody to cautiously approach her. Now, here is the official Monarch cryptid profile on Mothra. From erased Nazca lines to the hidden temple of the Moth, the name Mothra is woven throughout the most secret mythologies of our planet. The folklore and fairy tales tell of a winged creature of blinding light, an angel of the clouds, whose godlike luminescence has the power to shatter the sky. And ancient spirit tablets discovered in the mountain jungles of the Yunnan province betray a giant winged alpha of the Lepidoptera order. In all of our findings, human civilization is pictographically shown in poses that imply deification of the so-called Queen of the Monsters, suggesting that the creature was once a benign part of the natural order. When Monarch containment crews discovered the live titan larva within the Chinese myth site, Dr. Emma Russell was quickly dispatched to closely monitor the creature that lay dormant within it. And a quickening sonar pulse suggests that the creature is awakening. And if she ever emerges from her ancient slumber, a super species that once illuminated the sky will be reborn as Mothra. DNA samples tend to suggest a remarkable multi-stage evolution. On reaching adulthood, Mothra's gigantic thorax is capable of emitting beta-wave bioluminescence which could be projected through the intricate patterns on her wings and weaponized into blinding god rays. As one of the deadliest and most beautiful natural phenomena in Earth's history, no wonder this devastating guardian angel was worshipped as a goddess by the ancient human civilizations blessed to witness her. The Monsterverse incarnation of Mothra returns the character to her Toho incarnation's roots as a mystical being of resurrection, being capable of returning from death just by laying an egg, from which she is reborn as a larva when her previous form dies. And she has conquered death many times this way to the point that she doesn't fear it. She is an insect-like superspecies which evolved in a highly vicious prehistoric environment that was full of predators, leading to her developing equally harsh methods of self-defense. And Godzilla's species lived alongside Mothra, 
and in the film, Mothra and Godzilla had a warm symbiotic relationship, and that means that they get along. She knows Godzilla. She's got his back. In a nod to the original Japanese films, Mothra was worshipped as a deity by a primitive culture living in the Yunnan province more than 10,000 years ago, possessing a mutual symbiotic relationship with them. Mothra's human worshippers used a temple to protect her egg, and in return, Mothra would protect them from predatory titans after hatching. Now, we're going to discuss the powers and abilities that she has. The first one we have is her abdominal stinger. Bees, wasps, and hornets are not the only bugs that can sting you. Oh, no, no, no. Mothra can also sting you if you piss her off. Her stinger is powerful enough to pierce clean through Rodan's geothermal armor at close range. For ambiguous reasons, she appears to only use her stinger as a last resort, similar to Godzilla, in the aspect that he appears to only use his atomic breath as a last resort. Now, her durability. Mothra was able to continue fighting throughout her clash with Rodan despite being half-burned by exposure to the latter titan's high temperatures. And upon dying, Mothra released a cloud of energy that empowered Godzilla following the, latter, following the latter's thermonuclear overload, and this allowed him to emit smelting heat and release a series of all-devastating thermonuclear pulses. Now, her flight. Mothra's gigantic wings allow her to fly across the sky at great speeds. Now, her god rays. Mothra's body in her larva form, and later her thorax in her adult form, are capable of emitting beta-wave bioluminescence uh, that could be projected through the patterns of her adult form's wings. She uses this as a form of communication, and she can weaponize it to create brilliant, near-blinding, quote-unquote, god rays of blue light or, or angelic-looking golden-white light. And these god rays are powerful enough to almost instantly disperse storm clouds and produce mighty winds. And additionally, the electronics that were nearby were damaged when she hatched, when she hatched from her cocoon and extended one of her limbs with a flash of bioluminescence from a waterfall. Next, her raptorial forelimbs. Mothra's front and middle legs possess pointed tips, and she utilizes these as blade-like weapons for combat against the other titans. Next is reincarnation. Mothra can cheat death but just by laying an egg upon reaching her adult state, into which she will reincarnate with her memories intact after her previous body dies. Then, her silk attack. Mothra can fire short, controlled, and sudden blasts of strong, spire-like silk from the inside of her mandibles in both her larva and adult form, and the silk is strong enough to immobilize humans and even trap Ghidorah for a significant length of time uh, by gluing its heads to surfaces. Speed and Agility Mothra is a pretty fast and agile flyer, though, though she is seemingly surpassed in those regards by Rodan. Strength and Combat Her fighting style varies depending on what stage of life she is currently in. In her larva form, she primarily relies on her silk attack, as well as her legs and mandibles as her offensive weapons. But she can also cause damage to her surrounding environment, particularly where humans are concerned, due to her sheer size and bulk. In her adult form, Mothra was a fierce enough aerial fighter to match Rodan and keep the latter occupied for, for a time before Rodan began to overwhelm her. Now, her weaknesses. Heat. Rodan's extremely high body temperature was able to slowly burn away and weaken Mothra during their fight, 
to the point that after the end of their fight, she was reduced to weakly slouching and crawling, and this also singed her wings, weakening her ability to fly. Gravity Beams After weakened by her fight with Rodan, Mothra was disintegrated by a direct blast from all three of Ghidorah's, of Ghidorah's gravity beams. And we will finish this episode off with the trivia. And get ready, because there's a lot of it. Though Michael Dougherty has confirmed that this incarnation of Mothra is technically mystical, the film only hints at it. Mothra is accompanied by glowing flying insects, most notably seen when she hatches from her cocoon in her adult form as they swarm to gather around her, and also in her larva form's temple before her containment field malfunctions. The revealed image for Mothra reads Terra Search Hashtag 63061 Yuka Province, and 63061 is supposed to be June 30th, 1961, and that's, the, and that's the date that the original Mothra film came out. However, Yuka appears to be a typo, as it's supposed to be Yunnan, and there's no such place as the Yuka Province. And as seen on the Monarch Sciences website, Monarch Outpost 61, where Mothra was located, references 1961. Mothra's bioluminescence-based abilities are similar to a special ability of the male Muto, who was originally named Hawk Muto in an early version of the 2014 Godzilla film. Said ability was said to be a lightning-like shockwave that created aurora-like lights. Furthermore, some scenes of Mothra are similar to the, to the description of this Mothra's bioluminescence. Although Mothra's larva form in the film is largely obscured, Behind-the-scenes image revealed that it was somewhat flexible and fleshy like the egg, and that her adult form emerged from the bottom, and the bottom opened up like flower petals. When Godzilla unleashes thermonuclear pulses against Ghidorah, if you look close enough, you can see an image of Mothra's wings in the blast, and if you listen closely enough, an echo of her cry can be heard. Also according to Michael Dougherty, the eye spots on Mothra's wings are intentionally designed to look, to look like Godzilla's eyes because he wanted to create a connection between her and Godzilla. So like I said, they have a symbiotic relationship. She knows Godzilla. She's got his back. And additionally, he gave her slightly larger feet because he wanted her to be able to defend herself and fight with the other monsters if she needs to. Mothra's bioluminescence was designed with the idea that ancient humans would have seen her flying and assumed that she was either a god or an angel. Mothra's bioluminescence uses different colors and brightness to convey her emotions. So, like, say when she's really happy, she'd be glowing bright blue, and when she's extremely pissed off, she'd be glowing bright red. Mothra uses sound as a method of communication more so than the other titans in the film. Dowry thinks Mothra's stinger could be something that she uses to lay her eggs, and made a joke suggesting that Rodan could be pregnant with her after being impaled by her during the film. <laughs> imagine if Mothra and Rodan had a baby. I can't even think of, I can't even imagine a name for that titan. You have to help me on that one. <laughs> anyway, Mothra's ancient human worshippers likely sang to her due to discovering on how sound and music affected titans such as her, and apparently, Mothra, w Mothra was actually surprised upon hatching to find her eggs surrounded by monarch soldiers, as she'd been expecting her twin fairies of her religion to sing to her. Life is attracted to Mothra, and this is why her egg's temple is filled with insects and flora. Dowerty also likes to think that Mothra is the ancestor of nearly all insects and is not a literal moth. She just looks like one. 
Dowerty also suggests that Mothra was indeed angered by the containment field in her temple killing the insects that surround her. And lastly, amongst the film's four main titans, Mothra was intended to represent the earth element. So think of it like this. Mothra, earth, Rodan, fire, Ghidorah, air or wind, and Godzilla, water. Never thought of it like that. Pretty interesting. Well, that's going to be it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to like and subscribe to my podcast. It comes out every two weeks. This is Tobias Rex saying Godspeed and the queen of the monsters herself, Titanus Mosura, Mothra, is going to sign off for us. Would you like to do the honors, your majesty? <laughs>